So You Want to Be an Artist is now on YouTube as a video series too. So if anyone prefers watching their podcasts and conversations, then head over to YouTube, the So You Want to Be an Artist YouTube channel. And this episode is now live on there too. Life, plants, fucking water, sun, dirt, plants, fucking stigmas, tomatoes, shooting seeds around, all around the gaff, sex. It's madness, though, like, it's so perfect. How can it, like, it makes me think, how can this be an accident? How? And we're in, straight in. The man, the myth, the legend, Hack Baker, Mr. Fuck You himself. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, bro? It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. I feel like we've got a bunch of mutuals. Yeah. And this is the first time that we've ever actually spoke or had any communication. It's a, thank you so much for coming and just chatting to me. That's right, mate. And being open to it. How you doing? You right? Yeah, I'm good, man. Just busy. Yeah, what's going on? Uh... All sorts, mate, just trying to get ready for everything, really. Just trying to stay ahead, mate. It's fucking, it's relentless, isn't it? I feel you. It yeah. never stops. No, it never, never stops. ever stops. It never stops. I'll start at the same place with you as I start with every other guest of mine. What is art? Ah, uh, down to interpretation, isn't it? Whatever you feel it is, really, you can't, someone can't, else can't tell you what art is, man. Art is. Whatever you, it's your release in it, kind of. I don't know, like, I'm not really one of them guys that would say art. I wouldn't call what I do art, even other people would say it is, say it's like a type of art, but me, I'm just speaking my mind, man, just making it sound a bit cool. That's all, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just, just writing lyrics, bro. That's what I've done forever. Mm. That's it. Is there anything that you consider art? Yeah, art is like, I feel like art is something that you take time and contrive and really, really make, like, really, really make your own. Do you know what I mean? Um, as much as I can understand when people say that, um, I'm, that well, music can be art, but for me, it's just like a regurgitation process, just like upsetting myself, really, just letting things out that need to come out. Do you know what I mean? Other people, I respect what they call art, but. Me, but I'm just letting that some truth and just making it rhyme a bit. That's all, man. Do you know what I mean? I think there's a beauty in that essential approach to it. Instead of, like you said, making it this grand thing, just boiling it down to a really human thing of just getting out your troubles. It's the blues. That's, that's what, what it is, bruv. That's what it is. That's why like when they say, like, ah, oh, even before, they'd be like, oh, uh, how does it feel being, like, black and singing the guitar, playing the guitar? I'm like, so like... These people are fucking mad, bro. I've <laughs> been doing this for centuries. It's probably what we've like Zurich been doing. Like, do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's just like the blues, really, but mm. like maybe like a modern kind of thing. I'd dare say, yeah. Wouldn't dare disrespect the blues because what they was going through is like on a completely different scale to what I am, what we're going through. But still, I can uh, I can respect the the sim the, uh, the similarities. What are you going through? Uh... Me personally, I'm just going through like a rebuilding process of 
like, I could have been like a massive kid forever. And like, as much as it upsets me to say, like, I'm just trying to grow up. <laughs> as much as it, I'll never lose that juvenile thing that me and all the boys have. It's always there. But like, just trying to grow up just a little bit. What does that mean? Just take myself a bit more seriously, innit? Dare to tell myself that I'm doing all right. Dare to tell myself that it's all right that I'm telling myself I'm doing all right. And not like, you know, not feeling even bad about it or selfish about it, you know? Uh, accepting my job and what I am doing to, and going forward with, uh, yeah, it's like, it's hard. Because you're not taught that, you're just taught, you're just taught to look at other people and admire them, even from in school and history and these big people that they blow out of proportion that weren't really all that great anyway. You know what I mean? You always get taught to look at someone else. You don't get taught to look, to look at yourself and say, you know what, I did all right today, well, I'm doing something great, and pat myself on the back. So, yeah, I'm just trying to do that. Is that... Sorry, let me start. It's all good. I'm only asking it called this Ali. Oh, I'll call you back. I'm just doing a I'm just doing a podcast. I'll call you back. Easy, brother. Tough. <laughs> yeah. It's Ali, my producer and my guy anyway. Yeah. Ali's the guy. Yeah, yeah. He uh helped me produce and engineered and mixed one of my songs as well. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, in her hands. Yeah, he just, we did that at, at Lonesome Dog Studios before the revamp. Before oh yeah, before the revamp. So shout, yeah. shout out Ali. Yeah, the he's champ. the guy, man. I was yeah. literally just speaking to him earlier because he's posted the pictures of the studio. Oh yeah, yeah, with yeah. The rebuild. What's it like? It's lovely. Oh, God, I've been wait. sleeping in it from from when it was first built it to when it was fucking a bomb site, and now <laughs> now when I sleep there, it's a bit warm and a bit comfortable. <laughs> like it's you know, yeah, I've been. It's great. Paradise man. in there. Yeah, now. yeah. He got hours, man. How long have you known him? So I was about 13, 12. Did you keep in touch? Yeah, I've always kept in touch. I lived with him for a bit and got him kicked out of his house for a little while. And I was like, my man, and I was like 15. Uh, and I had it for years, man. I even wrote me letter when I was in jail and shit as well. Like, you didn't have to do that. Like, by that time, we were living completely separate lives. Mm. But we were still, like, still knew there was something between us. We were always still pals even there. Yeah, Ali's, Ali's a guy, man. He... I'm interested to know what he brought to your music. Well, I didn't know what I didn't know. I don't know what I didn't know what music I was making. I just come to a point where I had a guitar and I wrote one song, two songs, which was like conund I think conundrums and seven a.m. And I was like, and there was a couple other tunes as well. But then I was just like, look, bro, I've got this guitar. Who the fuck else am I going to come to? I need to come to you. And like, he was going through his own stuff. But I just and I was going to his house a couple of times, and then I was like. Well, this ain't, like, you know, and he's like, don't worry, I'm going to make a studio. So I left him be for, a few, like, about nine months or something. And he said, don't worry, I'm going to make a studio. I'm going to make it, trust me. And he did, and he come true with it. So, and then we just started penning, just went in there. I showed him where I was at, and then we just kind of made this new melancholic sound, like, that we go through, that we dub G-Folk. And uh, crazy, I just learned a lot from him, and... There's still more to learn. And now we're learning off each other, which is great. But, like, it's for me, like, it's like sensei kind of vibes. Mm. I learn a lot from him. And, yeah, still learning. And, yeah, it helps me. We're both a bit mental. So, like, we kind of, like, kind of, like, yeah, we help each other as much as I can. But he just, like, when I start, when I reach boiling point, like, he's always, like, a guy that will just say, come, like, and help. He's just a, he's just a champ, man. Mm. 
important to have strong a strong team. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a theme of your music is solidarity, solidarity, solidarity. between the lads. Yeah. But how does that translate into like into your creative process and also navigating the industry? Because I know when you first came out, people were trying to take a piece of you. People were trying to yeah. to buy you. Yeah, I'm not for the sale though, bro. I've been at it for for yonks, you know, for yonks. So like everything, uh, that that dollar bill don't make me jump. Never made me jump. I've always made my own money, and even if I didn't have money, I've always just cut through. I know how to cut through, you know. I know how to get by. If I got to go to Tesco's and steal everything, that's what I do. I don't mind that. Like, I just know how to get by, man. So I weren't interested. I'm not. I'm not a conformist. My mum's not a conformist. My grandmother's not a conformist. My dad ain't a conformist. So, like, that was never going to be the thing. I know why I, write, I started writing music and what success looked like for me didn't look like. Went sucking someone off at a major or being around all these people. And then when I started getting places anyway, like, even this year, I realised I've been in all them industry places and birds and all that shit, and I just realised it's just reinforced even more that hanging around and being in that epicenter is not where I want to be. Mm. I want to be where I'm from and just start to, you know, use myself as a, a walking, talking example to help change other young men's and young girls' lives, really. So we just get out of this paradox that we can only do uh, shit. We can do great things being where we're from. It doesn't matter. Back to that. With that label shit, that's not... I've got Ack Attack, I've got myself, and I've got my team, I've got my manager, shout out Ash, I've got my... But, you know, Ash is rolling, you know, yeah, Ash, yeah, Ash, yeah. Ash, yeah. Ash, yeah. That's my, my guy for years. Yeah. And I've got my agent, Hannah, she's just a champ, she's been helping me out for the day. So, I don't really need them, we'll just... And that, like, i got a little distribution now anyway, so they help me out. Uh, definitely, I don't need them anymore, I definitely don't need them. I don't care about them, like, I don't want the fast track thing. Mm. Fast track wouldn't suit me. Fast track, I'd probably be dead by now or in a bad place. I need to go my way. I need to make mistakes. I need to go slow and steady. And then the people feel that a bit more anyway. It gives you time to really connect with the people and they can feel you out and see, is he all right? Is he genuine? Is he just going to be here and gone? Like, I think, you know, I've managed to get a, respect, a general mutual respect with my fan base anyway because they just know I'm just like them, really. Just hustling it out there, hustling it from the there's a paradox in what you do because the better you get at it, the more honest you are with your music, the more it will resonate, the more you're successful and the more material reward that brings. Mm. And you're a guy from the ends and, that's, and you're proud of that and you want to remain in that space. How do you balance the two? Just doing good things with the money. My mum wants, we've been living in other dogs for years and whatever, all of our mates on the road have got their house. We ain't got that house. My mum wants to go to Jamaica. I need to buy that house. And then, like, like we've got, I want to start, like, schemes and charities and stuff and uh, just make sure everything that I'm doing is good and I surround, surround myself with work, people that I want to cobble still. Like, everyone wants to get rich and move out. I don't want to move out. I want to buy a house, like, down the road from here, Columbia Road in Hackney. Tower Hamlets, whatever, and still be here. Like, could just get a nice house and always surround myself with what's real. I don't want to go and surround myself like in the fantasy land. Obviously, it would be nice to be able to disappear and go on holidays every now and again. 
but like I just want to stay here mm. and stay where it's real in it. Even though gentrification is making that fucking hard, but there is still pockets of it. On the island, dogs is still where, but like they got this new fucking police squad down there that's really trying to serve the boys up. But um, yeah, what's the change been like in that area? It's massive since Canary Wharf and all of that. It was alright at first, you know. Even after school, like the lads used to just use it as a playground or the building sites, and that was wicked. But. Um, yeah, now it's just changed completely exponentially, especially when I come out of jail, it was just like weird. It's gonna really exp like how long were you in jail for? A couple of years. And um yeah, it's just changed, man. It's uh there's all these people that were just don't really like say if you come to an era back in the day, like say like I know I know a lot of buds that are not from London but they're sweet and they come to an era. I was talking to a geezer from uh, some geezer called Tim about this the other day and he was like he came from some some shithole and uh, I can't remember where it was but he came down and he said oh, first he's like I got involved in the area I love the area I want to be part of the community so find out what's there get involved in like fucking local chippy chip shop whatever pub you know like whatever but he's, even he was saying to me like these people don't come and mix they come and skive over the top and fucking go to like the Ponty coffee shop that cost £5.50 for a coffee and go in their little drive areas and, and just try and live above the people there. And then more of them come and more of them come. So then it just kind of squashes out what's going on in the, in the ends and that's just what's going on at a rapid pace. And it's like, we can't really stop it unless we make some good money and start to buy buy the area, like buy houses, buy, you know, buy businesses. That's what we need to do. So that's what really I want to encourage because if we don't encourage that and if we don't do that, we're going to be gone and we won't be part of this place no more. And this is like part of our history, no matter what people want to give it to us or not. It is the mix, the feel, everything. It's ours from after World War II to... Windrush and the boats coming over with the Caribbeans and so on and so forth, you know, our reward for fighting in these fucking wars. So if we dare say, no, you can't get rid of us now, fuck that. So we have to, like, really make our stand and start to buy shit. That's why it's important to people know that you can make some proper good money. But they don't teach you that in school. No. I you know, so these are things you've got to find out yourself. Mm. These are secrets that rich families pass down to rich families, but... Working class families don't know nothing about that because they're working two, three jobs just to fucking keep the lights on. What do you wish they taught in schools? Don't teach you about yourself. Like, learn about yourself. How can I know who I am if I don't know nothing about myself? Like, really build a person. As a black man, the only thing I, they show me in school about being as a black man is fucking Kunta Kente in chains. At that time, I was fucking laughing at it because I was Caribbean. Do you know what I'm saying? That's how fucking lost I was, thinking that that wasn't... Somehow that wasn't part of me, even though my mum had been teaching me that history from when I was yay high. So, like, it's a big turn for me, really, and what I know and what's going on. But, like, you teach you about yourself. Ask you what you want to do. And, actually, yeah, and back to it again, teach you about who you are. Because telling me about King fucking Henry VIII and his six wives and his dogs... Don't really bother. Don't really do much for me. What the fuck does that do for anybody? Who gives a shit about that? He's not a great example of how great... to live your exactly. life. Do you know what I mean? No, do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Isn't that what what are we supposed to aim for there? Fucking chopping up a load of birds. Do you know what I mean? Fat as fuck. Do you know what I mean? The ways I've learned about myself is when I've put myself in stupid positions. Yeah. When I've made really bad mistakes and gone, that feels like shit. I feel like a cunt. Mm. I need to never do that again. Yeah. So experience the best teacher always. So how do we get these kids and 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 teach them about themselves without them making the necessary mistakes. Yeah, what, that's, I always learn the hard way, even till now. My mum always told me that, my mum tries to tell me. But in order to make them, they need someone that looks like them, smells like them, to come from the same place to talk to them. Anybody else ain't gonna know how to talk to them, and they're fucking too intimate, they're too fucking timid to talk to them mm. anyway. Any kid from like real work, like real working house, problematic household, ain't gonna be the most happiest chip on the block. You don't see his mum and dad because they're working, or the, one of the parents probably ain't there, and they probably ain't too happy when they come back from working a fourteen-hour shift. You know what I mean? They probably don't want to talk to them. They're out and seeing all these things out on outside. Probably a bit malnourished, but eating fucking chicken and chips every day. You know, you need to know how to communicate with these people, and if they're a bit leery. Don't take it personal. Let them be a little bit leery. Let them get that out and then talk to them again until it gets through. You have to talk to them. Because screaming and shouting doesn't work. Or, or excluding them or sending them to people referral units. It makes them feel stupid and ostracised. And to just give them time and talk to them with like people that they understand. Then they'll get somewhere. What do you think you would have needed when you were in school? Probably my dad. But that's just another chapter. <laughs> uh, um, time, innit? Like, well, for me in school, I wasn't like a particularly maliciously naughty kid. I was just smart. And that's what, what the thing, I was think I was smarter than everybody. So I'd take the piss and try and, and uh, outsmart everybody, including teachers being run. And then, and then he just like, it was funny to be, it was, I thought my, I wasn't, I felt like I was in a cool position because I was smart and cool. So, like, it was a wicked position to be in. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Almost like some kind of control. Yeah. You know, you know what you're doing. Yeah, 100%. Everything's very contrived. You know exactly what you're doing. There's other kids like that, like my mate Shay, like my mate Tommy Flay. Like, we were smart and cool. Yeah. So, like, it was just, like, a wicked place to be. <laughs> like, you could get... You didn't do your homework, you didn't do this, but you still got A's. It was great. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It, wasn't a, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit cheeky, but it was fun. It was a fun place to be. So I was having this conversation with my friend the other day. We we fell out and didn't speak for a couple of years because we had differences in the way we wanted to act in the world. And I and and when we reconciled, the com the conversation kind of came to a point where it was like, well, we both just needed a father at some point. Yeah. Someone to tell us like the right way or the wrong way to do something. And I was like, that, but that wouldn't have changed anything. You know, it would have gave me more work to undo. Oh, I disagree, man. See the dad. See the dad. The dad is solid. Dad's a man that you listen to, especially if he's not abusive and he speaks to you. Mm. You know, you see yourself in your father and your mum, but more in your, if you're a boy, more in your dad, if you're a girl, more in your mum, obviously. And, yeah, like, now as I find out more and more and more about my dad, I learn that we're extremely similar, which to a certain extent annoys me. <laughs> Why does that annoy you? Because, like, you know, when you try to hate someone, you don't want to be told you're exactly like him. You know what I mean? So, yeah. If a man can see someone that you looks like you, feels like you, you know, sounds like you, and you respect, can talk to you and guide you and help you, you're going to say a winning formula. Mm. 
You know, there's there's some things that your mum can't teach her. Especially my mum, Caribbean, you know, quite irate and likes to shout and was struggling. Probably doesn't know a lot. Probably doesn't know a lot better because that's they was brought up with a firm hand. They always have to be brought up with a firm hand because it's not a joke out there. You have to, you know, if you want to be somebody, you have to fucking be somebody. You can't just fight us about. In school, you have these teachers who aren't necessarily a great definition of happiness or success because they're dealing with their own shit. Yeah. And they're, and they're quite obviously fallible humans. Yeah. And I feel like when you're a kid, you want a superhero. Yeah. You, are, you don't want to accept a, a grown-up's fallibility mm. because then you have to accept your own. And as a kid, that's too much to process. Mm. Like, it's hard enough just being a kid, let alone knowing that you're going to fucking fail most of the time. Mm. So it's that that's the hardest thing, I think, is to teach the kids that failure is a success it's in okay, itself. Yeah. And when you, like, but sometimes, my dad was a superhero to me, you know, mm. definitely. Just escaping, like, mum, chore, being scared to break a glass, I was so klutzy. Like, this, this pressure being at home sometimes. And going to my dad, my dad was a lot more loose, he was a Muslim as well, so, like, it was a lot of time that we spent together, we'd pray together, we'd try and learn Arabic together, you know, everything we did was together. Mm. It was nice to go to the park together, even though it was way past the cell by that, we had a Nintendo SNES. That that was like the first console we ever had, but everyone was like up on, on PlayStation by then, but fuck it, it was still great. And uh, me and my brother, like, it was great, innit? And so I literally, and the way how we used to deal with situations, was literally just by talking all the time. You never shout. So he was like a superhero in my eyes. So, like, he didn't really, he didn't really have no flaws, because, like, Eight times out of ten, every weekend he'd come pick us up. Mm. So that's probably why it was so hard when he disappeared. Disappeared like completely. He's back now, but I think he was just in jail. Oh, okay. But yeah, but then he just didn't really come back a around like that. Probably had his own things going on as it. As you get older, you know, shit's not easy, man. Part of that growing up process that I've learned anyway is like filling in the blanks in my childhood and then being like, well, that was fucked up for me, but. Jesus Christ, what must that have been like for my mum? Mm. If I have a kid, what am I going to have to deal with at the same time as mm. trying to be a good example? Mm. It's, a, it's a heavy load to carry, man. Yeah, man, definitely. Do you ever think about kids? Yeah, I want loads. Do you? I want an army. <laughs> I want Hack Junior. I want my boy Hack Junior first. Hopefully he comes. Yeah, I want loads of kids. I don't want, yeah. I want but you'll be straight in with a girl now. No, yeah. no you said <laughs> yeah, that yeah. straight with a girl thinking, straight oh, what fucking, now? <laughs> I'm going to get four of them first, isn't it? Four girls. <laughs> no, I want loads of kids. I want an army of them. I want an army of them. You know, teach them to be wild just like me. Mm. You know what I mean? That one never don't take no prisoners and go wild, man. How do you retain that wilderness? Oh, that's just a slave genius in me. I can't get rid of that wilderness. I'm Jamaican, hunting Grenadian, but Jamaican, like, <laughs> you know, like, they, we were the runaway slaves. That was, like, where they got banished to, was Jamaica. Mm. I'll, I'll take hold of that gene and hold on to it tight. DNA. Yeah, deep, DNA. Um, deep and in then, the DNA. And then take it to other dogs as well, where you was just, like, we're going we're gonna to hopefully do, like, some kind of feature length from this, but like the way how we grew up when we was teenagers was, it was like a film. 
well, it's in the music videos that you've put out. And, yeah, yeah. And like, it's it's filmic straight yeah. away. It's like the beauty of British cinema that's been missing for so long. It's those voices of people on the front line who, like you, been in situations and been forced to turn it around and mm. realize the beauty in, in their experiences. I, the best thing ever, us growing up. You don't understand. There's a few of us that had flats at like 15 in school. <laughs> it was like, so like. <laughs> Do you know, like, I'd go to... By the time I was kicked out of school by this time, but I'd go there, like, with a beer and... Not even beer, like, a can of K in my hand. Me and my mate Josh probably be outside there. We're waiting for all the birds and the other lads to come out. And then we'd just go back up to the flat on the school night and just... I don't know, we might just get the C2C to fucking South Bend and get lost there and <laughs> fight us, fight our way back home. The warrior, like the Warriors. Yeah, like that. Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> there's so many other little firms up there as well. yeah, yeah. yeah. So like you had to fight, and the hardest lads was got the birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fucking, it was class. You never know the shit that we used to do. Well, I, no, I know. I remember <laughs> on a wild, random night we had some girls. We were about fourteen. We had some girls, and we we're like, let's go camping. Let's go because I used to live in Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to live in a, a neighbourhood called Boscombe, which was voted like per square mile for crime, the worst area in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Because it's rapists, fucking... It's where all the drug rehab centers are. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's yeah. just so many addicts on the street. It's just a wild, wild place. So we're like, <laughs> let's go to the forest. We're going to go camping, take a little bag or whatever. And we're all just heading out there. And we're in this first-class carriage. Remember when trains had carriages? Yeah, yeah, but they yeah. had the little sliding doors with the seats, yeah. the benches. And we were in, and we got to Totten in Southampton. And there's about... 10 or 15 like 18 year olds come on so they look like full grown men yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were we were all in tracksuits they were all in jeans and rock ports yeah, and yeah. lacoste and, and all that and we we're like ah, oh. <laughs> they start we, we can, it's like a film we see them at the end of the train and they're making their way through the train just looking for someone looking for a victim yeah, yeah, and yeah. we were too, we were just way too young to, do, yeah, to yeah, even yeah. do anything and the guy comes in and, and for some reason one guy's got a black eye and a bleeding nose he's like which one of you cunts did this we're like mate we We've been on this train. We've been on this train before you. None of us. And then slow motion, you just see a fucking bottle fly through the air, and I'll watch it pass my face, <laughs> smash this kid we were with, Charlie, in the face. His face just explodes, and just, that was it. It was like Saving Private Ryan, the yeah. first scene. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, we stab him. We we're all just like, oh my god. And we're like laying on top of my mate, who's just completely passed out, like. Basically, just it was torture, like sore for fucking till the next train station <laughs> where they shook our hands and was like, We oh, have a good night, yeah, lads. And we were just like, Yeah, yeah got off the train. My mate's face looks like Theme Hospital where they've fucking got inflated heads. We're like, Probably gonna have to go to a hospital, <laughs> aren't we? For fuck's sake, got a night in the hospital, free dinner, free breakfast. So that was all right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yes, it's. And whenever I meet up with the boys, whenever I go back to Bournemouth, we have the same conversations. We retell the same stories. fucking story. Yeah, we do it as well. And it gets the story gets wilder and wilder <laughs> and wilder every time we tell so it. So I'm adding a little, a little yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, but he pulled out a knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little pen knife. And then next year is, yeah, he had like his big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but yeah. every time I do that, and the older I get, and the further away from it I get, the more I realize how fucking amazing and how free. But also how sad those times were. Didn't f it feels like that now? Because we were just young. Why do you say sad? Because we were lost, man. That's good though. Yeah, but You're like just trying to find your way, man. You have to like go through turbulence sometimes. For sure, for sure. 
and it, it, it was amazing. And I, I would not, I recommend it to anyone. I recommend yeah, it to anyone. They don't even do that these days, these kids. They don't even go and get chases. They don't play like Not Dan Ginger, Not Meg. They don't do none of that. They're just fucking on their phones or in their playing computer game in that. They're missing out on a lot. That's why they don't know. It's another reason. That's what they don't got no communication skills. Mm. Even though they spend all day plugged in. Yeah, there's no, but that's not, you know, as you know, that's not real communication skills. That's not how you mm. deal with people. That's not how you read someone's face. That's not how you read someone's gestures, you know. That's not how you read when someone's hiding something. They've got none of them super, they've got none of them great communication skills that us of grown people, us as like our generation prior have. Mm. And these are the greatest skills. These are the best skills. There's something on the record on Babylon that you speak about. I look in their eyes and I can see what's inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you develop that skill? Um, just being, being simple. I mean, being empathetic. Uh, yeah, being empathetic. I've always been empathetic. I've always been sad. Not I've always been sad actually, but like I've always been like the geezer that like I might cry. You know, like, and my mates in there like, oh, f what are you doing? That? I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, like, yeah, I was always a bit emotional from young. Do you know what I mean? So, like, that comes with skills, isn't it? What's that sadness? Because I just mentioned about childhood feeling sad, and you were like, it wasn't sad. Not that bit. I, that bit, I'd feel that was just like a, a upmake of character, but I was sad in other other ways. Mm. I actually know it. I can't understand it. Like, I was sad because. I don't know, at 15 and that, I probably blocked out a lot of my sadness by then. By then we was in like adventure mode, making money mode, like making a rep mode. I, know that. I didn't really think about the sadness. Sadness was before like missing my dad and whatnot and wondering why my mum didn't fucking spend any time with us. But she was always fucking working. Mm. And then she was working and she was just trying to go to Jamaica. Because she fucking hates it here now. Um, so I kind of just pushed all that to the side. I just fucking said, I'm just going to do my own thing now. And my own thing was just like, everything was just to do with the boys. Put the boys first. Like, we used to all sleep in, like, my bed. I had this bed set. And there would be, like, six, seven of us in there. We'd just all be cuddling. You were the guy with the bed set. Yeah, I had the <laughs> yeah, yeah. bed set. Josh had, his, Josh had his dad's flat that he never got to use. So Josh had the bed His dad's flat. got a new girlfriend, so they're off in yeah, the other house. Yeah, and he's yeah. got the house with no central heat yeah. and then the no, lights no, locked. No, no, I'm not going to lie. This, this was, like, Josh's dad's little... He had a little pimped-out flat. So, okay. like, that was Josh's flat, though. That was his flat. So, if we had a, a pair of proper birds and Josh's dad weren't over there, we'd say, right, <laughs> we're going over Josh's because Josh had the fucking governor flat for it. I had the shit old um, bedsit flat. Taylor had a little shit bedsit as well. It was so like, yeah, we had we had we had a few flats and um, yeah, we would just. But even in my place, before I just had this flat, I had, I had mine first, and they'll be like, we'll just be cuddling, and we had this little halogen heater that would go from left to right, yeah. and whenever it wasn't on you. Because the window was broken, like they were cracks so wouldn't fix it. And it was just like there was no heat in for like years, about two years, and then they finally like I think we figured out it, figured it out one day and we finally had heat in. I like, yeah, there was like birds would come down from Essex or from all over there. Fucking hell. Yeah, of course. Birds they we was a popular we was a popular group of lads. We our names spread about. And um we were doing music and that before as well. We was doing like the bomb squad shit back in the day, so it was quite popular. So uh yeah, birds used to come down in flocks. 
And uh, we'd have to like try and navigate them through the area because they would have like, angry birds from the area that would fucking hate them because they wouldn't get an invite <laughs> up to the flat. And they'd bash them up if they'd see them. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we really had to... I remember my mate Charlie one time, like proper... <laughs> proper did the old the diversion job, made everyone chase him. And then like he's on the phone like, yeah, did it. Like, it was just unbelievable. Like I can't... Yeah, we'd have to, like, when when the films come out, like, my mates would, like, Charlie would climb up the fucking side of the block up, the drain pipe in, <laughs> because there'll be, like, also, like, 20 lads downstairs that couldn't get the invite hour because we can't have a flat full of, like, 50 lads and, like, six birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we'd have to, like, say, like, sorry, lads, you're not... You're not, <laughs> not this week. We, not this week, you know what I mean? And we developed, we developed, like, a cool point system. We said, you ain't got enough cool points. Sorry, man, like, you're not... You know, coming up. You know what I mean? That is fucking hilarious. You never that would it would wild, man. At what point do you go? These will make some fucking brilliant songs. Um, don't know. I just don't know, man. Just started playing the Just, it's just what came out of me, man. And there's so much more to talk about as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't tell you, man. It just, it just came out. Was the the bomb squad stuff? Was that similar in a similar vein in terms of an homage to what you were experiencing? Was it more of a bossy thing? Oh yeah, bomb squad was more of a bit of a glitchy thing. It was like no, it weren't actually. It's just what we were doing at the time. Mm. Like and at that time, everybody was kind of doing those kind of things. But we was quite good at it. And I remember, I remember the first time I was in Till I was in the ends and Trim was there. And then everyone was talking about MC and whatnot, and I was just walking down the road. I think my mate Tyrone was there. Uh, and they was like, oh, yeah, we're going to youth club, come. And I was like, what? And they're like, these like these boys are about a good five years older than me, but I knew them all from like, my distributed area, my sister yeah. and whatnot, sister older. So, yeah, come up. And I remember I went to Alpha Grove Youth Club in Tilla. Only super old school heads will know about who that is. But like anyway, and it was just like I remember seeing Trim MC and other MCs, MC back in the day. And I was just like, I'll never forget it. And I was just like, rah, this is fucking mad. Like, what was it? It was what what was what? What bit yeah? Like what got into um, you? like how individual everyone was. Everyone like had their own bop as they was MCing. Like everyone had their own flow, lyrics, like it was the energy and like the aggressive note and like the root, the noises, like people make like, and it was just like, it was just sick. I was just in there in awe, like, wow. I think, and I completely stumbled upon this in action. I think I was getting sent, sent shot by my mum or something and I was walking the long way back. That's what I always used to do is to play out with the shopping because she wouldn't used to let me out. So I'd always try to see what I could just bump into in, until I, and I just bumped into the older lads and they was like, yeah, come up here. And I was just like, and I was just like, wow, this is fucking wild. Then I just went home and started trying to write lyrics, really. And then, yeah, that was kind of it. Now you go perform Brixton. Yeah. And the room, does it have a similar sort of energy? Like, what's the? how does that translate from the youth club to seeing Trim spit for the first time and getting a punch in the face of being like, this is the fucking thing I want to be doing, mm. to then 10 or 15 years later or whatever, however long it's been you're stepping out onto the stage at Brixton and there's a bunch of fucking people ready to mosh out and the, it's a different vibe, but it's a similar vibe. Like, what's what's going on? See, like, I don't know. Like, sometimes I just... I just you have to, like, just, um, 
be grateful for the chances you get because obviously that wasn't even my gig. That was Slow Tide's gig. Mm. Big him up anyway. And it was like, to have like a crowd, probably that's the biggest crowd. No, it's not actually because we did Wembley Stadium before. That was just weird. That was just like two bare fucking school kids. Was that, the, was that a capital thing? Yeah. And then what was it? Something like, I think, I can't even fucking remember. It was pants and... fucking <laughs> Wembley Stadium. That's yeah, it mental. was wild. Though. Like, it was fucking <laughs> what wild. What the fuck? Yeah, me and Ellie hit that up once. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it was just like, you just take you just take what you can take off them because like, to match what they can give, you got to nick what they give you at first. So it's like a time thing. So you like, you build them up with songs and then they start giving you little, they start giving you bits back. This part of the crowd gives you bits back. Then you nick that, you take that, and then bang, and you throw it right back at them, and then just it's just wild. It's great. It's not the same as them seeing. Like, probably did help, like you know, getting you ready to perform to crowds and shit. But MCing is like, I think it could even be more pressure. The U Club is pressure. Like, it's real. Cause... Well, no one's going to step on a stage at Wembley and take your mic off you if you're not doing well. You exactly. Know what I mean? like, <laughs> you can, like, you can just, like, like, someone drag the mic at your hand and you get a punch in the face. Like, it's crazy. Like, you got to be, we got to be there solid with your lads, with your mate, with your crew. And we used to go bare youth clubs. We used to, me and the boys used to go youth clubs all over, radio stations all over, on top of them, Deja Vu, anywhere. And we go any youth club and just fucking have it. We was good MCs and we was the boys, brave boys. We was just boys, so we didn't give a shit. Mm. Everyone was tooled up back then anyway. So, like, if it went off, you better protect yourself. Yeah, so it was all right. It was great. Do, do you miss that a little bit? Of course. Of course. It's like being like a cowboy. It's like being a young cowboy. You didn't care about the law then. I don't care about the law now still, but, like, <laughs> it's like, um, you really didn't care about the law then. Like, you know, you might even... You do whatever it takes, mm. anytime, all the time. It's great until you start thinking. You get a little bit older, and you start thinking, and then people start judging you, and then you think, "Is this really for me for much longer?" And then you just, and then after that, when that runs out, when you start thinking too much, then it's the next chapter. Um, judgment's an interesting thing to hear you speak about because you seem like a very free man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You seem like somebody who doesn't consider what other people think about them so much. As much as you want to pretend that like what people think about you don't bother you, it always, it always nibbles at you, but then like, there's either or... It's like, it's like fight or flight, innit? It's either you're going to, like, ingest that and take that and make it bother you, or you're just going to say, eh, fuck, don't care. Just keep doing you. And then that takes time to develop that personal strength in yourself to know that you're doing the right thing. That takes a lot of time. Takes a lot of solitude. Yeah. And I think that's what um, Jao was doing at that time, especially when Tom died. I just like, nothing really made sense anymore. Mm. Nothing really mattered. Like, being everything else just didn't really matter after Tom died, after that, after into, having to deal with that was because Tom was like, Tom was like a little cowboy too. Tom was like a super little fucking five foot cowboy that would do whatever it took. He was like, you know, he was just a top boy. So, yeah. After that, I just thought, all this shit don't really matter because Tom's dead, so... I might just do you, because it was like... Me and Tom, I'm not going to lie, like, we used to go out, we used to like, we used to go and do stuff. We used to go out a lot, try and get it in. He'd get it in his way, I'd get it in my way, but we'd meet in the middle at the club. <laughs> yeah, you know, me and Tom, 
It's good. It's good. Yeah. But it's a journey to get to that point of where it's it's an acceptance almost. Yeah. yeah. What was the period like before you reconciled it in your mind? Before that, even before that, even before even that time was happening, I was starting to think like. I want to have a laugh now. And then that's when it kind of changed. And then we was like, then, then we was like a little, then we was like a group of lads in the ends that was like, right, though we're about it, you know, we can jump in a transit van and do this and go and hurt people and whatnot. But I just thought, this is boring now. I don't want to do that now. I want to go now. I want to, I want to party. <laughs> yeah. So we, so we started partying. Yeah, we started partying a lot. Um, like I'm underrated with it. And then it just started, we were just like, yeah, we're gonna party. And we'll just go out and fight. We just we wouldn't we wouldn't go out and do, you know, other stuff. We'd just go out go out to clubs and have a punch up. That was alright too. <laughs> it's a sport for yeah, sure. It's a sport. It's a sport. You have to do that. You have to go out, see out, see what you can handle, see what's going on. Test your limits, test, test your boundaries. Yeah, yeah. We were always fighting anyway. But um when you then raving times, that's when you start fighting like bigger men, you know. <laughs> you got to stand with your boys and fight. It's great. It's all great. Like it's all part of growing up. It's all like it's harmless. Mm. Like it's all part. Of, so yeah, we start doing that, and people can grow to resent you when you're having fun and you're making money, and that's what kind of started going on. So I just start caring even more. Really, it brought me closer to my group of mates. And so then jail happens. Yep, you get a lot of time to reflect on what mm. what you're doing. Yeah. What'd you go to jail for? Uh, robbery. Okay. So you land in yeah. jail. With my Cody. That's Shane. Bumpy, yeah. Land and just get on with it. It's not a big deal. You just get on with it, innit? Jail, jail. It was a big deal because it changed your life. You yeah, came out so and you picked up a guitar. Well, I picked up a guitar in jail. Okay. In jail. Uh, they just come in a wing and offer guitar lessons and I, so I put my name down and it, my name got picked out in a hat. So we did guitar lessons like, fortnightly for a little while. We had a guitar myself. By that time, I was infatuated with like Kings of Leon and shit. I really, I really was into them. So I thought, yeah, I'm gonna do something on this when I come out, and I did. I just got one. I was, I was going out with like some stripper bird at the time. I won't say her name, but um, she's a top bird, bigger up anyway. And I didn't have a bank account or nothing, and um, she bought me this guitar. Yeah, and um, yeah. I still got that guitar as well. I call it Delilah. Ash described you to me once as the best person he knows at being able to experience something, go away for five minutes, and then come back with a piece of work. Like the way that you can just... <laughs> yeah, Ash, yeah. He says that the filtration system between what you experience and then how you interpret it and spit it back out is so quick and so pure, he said, that it's like nothing he's ever experienced. Nice. That's really nice. Big up, Ash. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. How do you yeah. how do you keep it so pure? Because I don't lie to myself anymore. Anymore. Yeah. Everyone used to lie to themselves. Well, if I didn't, I did definitely. I used to. Well, I used to pretend that I was a hard thing. Phil Walker band. People used to hate me. I used to be flash. I used to think that I was like hard, super hard, and but really, truthfully, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just. I'm a nice boy. I'm a nice person with a big heart. But if you piss me off, I'm gonna give it to you. Not like that, but like I'll give it to you in whatever way where you want to bring it to. That's it. I'm a nice person. I don't want to pretend I'm walking about like a mod and thing. I'm even trying to stop frowning all the time. I'm always frowning. I'm like, 
relax, bruv. Like, you know. But then when I'm super happy, people think I'm weird because I'll be talking aloud in the street and humming and boo -doo, that's what I do. Because I'm just like, I'm this new word called ambivert, which is like supposed to be like a mixture of extrovert and introvert. But I think like I'm the perfect blend of that. That's, that's an interesting thing to teach a kid to accept their own softness, accept their own gentleness. Yeah. It's great uh, being gentle, man, because like you can, as I said, you can look at someone and see that they're annoyed or pissed off or something. Or you can see the tenseness in people. Uh, how tense I used to be, I'm just loosening up now, mm. just now, like, all that tenseness, it's no good. Just need to be cool in general. Like, if you have a bit of feminicity and you embrace that, don't, like, fight that shit. All that masculinity leads just leads to men killing themselves, killing each other. Don't need all that, man. Just love ultimately rules and wins, really. Like when people can forgive people and and all that shit. Forgive, not forget, though, innit? Yeah, don't forget cunts when people are being a cunt. Remember that Giza <laughs> is a prick, but you can forgive him. Easy, mm. forgive him, forgive them, forgive everybody, forgive them. How does that then apply to yourself? Uh, I've forgiven myself for all the shit I've done. I've done some shit. I've forgiven myself because I know some people that have done worse shit and they're better people than me. You know, so forgive yourself as well. Give yourself... And tell yourself, well done. Apologise to yourself for abusing yourself like that, you know, in whatever way you do, choose to. I know what my, I do. I drink uncontrollably. Uh, so, yeah, just forgive yourself. Be nice to yourself. Acceptance of the past, I feel, is a difficult thing for people to do. To forgive themselves, to, to, to be able to just go, mate, it was crazy. It's always crazy. Like, yeah. it's understandable that anyone would act any way, you know? Like, nothing is surprising. No reaction to life is, is surprising. No reaction to the conditions of being can shock you. It's just fucking mental. Mm. Everything is absolutely mental mm. at every moment. Mm. So like someone flies off the fucking rails, someone descends into chaos, someone just becomes a selfish cunt, someone like whatever happens, it's fine. As long as you get to a point where you're like, okay, I need to I need to stop that now because I have more to offer. Mm, that yeah, that's key. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have more to offer now. Yeah, that's that's key. Yeah. When do you realize that? Probably even fucking, probably about fucking three weeks ago. <laughs> probably about three weeks ago. I'm honestly like trying to, I'm drinking very, like once a week now. Mm. Instead of like four times a week, you know what I'm saying? But that's like realising like, bro, you can't give people, you can't give the best of you if you're fucking hungover all week. Mm. Literally, because if you're drinking four days a week, you're hungover all week. Like, what the fuck? You're, like, you're, you're, you're running at like, you're trying to exert 100%, but you're running at like 50, 60 you're doing damage to yourself. Too much damage. Very dark. That was that. I just thought, that's enough. And I was starting to realise I was being horrible to people that, that love and care for me. That's not right. So I just had to do something about it. Whenever I've really desired guidance or like a father figure or something like that. Yeah. Because I've wanted somebody to tell me what my purpose is. Yeah. Somebody to tell me what my responsibility is. What is that? What is your purpose? Do you know what it is? I feel like I have something good to work towards. Yeah. Which is just to bring people closer to an understanding of themselves. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm I'm struggling, to be honest, to put it into like 
things that I can go out in the world and do, but maybe not because I do a podcast, I make music, I fucking make films, I do, do all of that other stuff. But it's just to bring people to a better understanding of themselves. And like we just spoke about, understand that their past and their future, it's all up in the air. Like it's all up for interpretation. Like you said, it's all art. All time is art. And it's just about how we're perceiving it. Yeah. Look at it beautifully and see what it does for your life. That's my purpose, essentially. That's my mantra. Um, so that's what I work towards now. But whenever I have desired guidance, it's always because I wanted someone to give me a responsibility that wasn't so hard to achieve. Yeah. It was always to be like, give me a lesser load. Don't, I don't want to accept the fact that I have to chase this unattainable thing, which is saving the world in whatever form I see, because it's never going to happen. We're never going to have yeah. a perfect world or a utopia, and I'm going to fail in everything I do, totally. I may succeed in small increments, but in the grand scheme of things, the change will be so minimal and that anyone would look at it like a failure. There's people that do things and go towards things in like... Like, but another problem would always come to fruition, I'm reading, and that's just what humans are like. Mm. You know, there'll be a point in the coming, you know, half century or something where, like, overt racism will be, like, fucking kind of at, you know, probably not really visible. But by then we'll probably be fighting robots or some shit. Mm. Because this is what we fucking do. Well, this is the thing. I had this. I have this conversation quite often. I think people are like what we need is aliens or robots to take over or whatever, and then we'll finally unite. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. It will just make our division even clearer. Yes. Because racism, bigotry, and all of that stuff is team fear. It's team hate. Acceptance and forgiveness and compassion and empathy is team love. And if an alien or if a foreign entity comes forward and you've got this team over here who's afraid of anything new, afraid of anything strange, afraid of anything alien, and they go get the guns because we're insecure, let's take them out before they take us out. And then you've got us, I'm guessing, on this side being like, reach out a hand. What's going on? How can we help? How can we make something between us? And we're going to have to stop them from pointing the guns and fucking dropping the bombs. Yeah. So it's this, this, these robot invasions, these fucking alien invasions aren't going to do shit except for highlight our differences and make it more obvious that we need to work together. And that's what, it, even when they put it in Hollywood, that's always the case as well. Mm. There's always like a rich tech uh, bio company that's, you know, doing some fuckery. And then there's like the other... Uh, the weak resistance. Mm. That's all about love. Yeah, trying yeah. to fucking... It's, it's always the same. They get trampled. The aliens get blown up. The yeah. earth is saved. <laughs> and everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah. Arrival, though. That's a film. Have you seen Arrival? I don't know. Watch it, man. You'll really enjoy it. Yeah? Basically, these, it's the same story. Aliens come and all they're doing is like using language they're trying to communicate and it's really good example of the government being like blow them up because they're going to kill us and a bunch of scientists being like let's just talk and see what happens um so check it out it's, yeah. it's really fucking I good that today with a, yeah i'm trying to stay in today so watch it man you'll love it yeah it sounds like i like that silly yeah that idea that this foreign um 
or this alien thing will will wow. unite us all. That's bullshit, man. Well, you only have to look at a refugee crisis. Those are aliens to someone who lives in England. What the fuck do they know about somebody who's fleeing a war zone in, in yeah. Gaza? And they're literally reaching out a hand, trying to come in and be like, come, just help us. Help us until at least we get back on our feet. Let's figure out some kind of way for uh, this to, to work. And people are like, let them die in the fucking, let them die in the sea. Let them, <laughs> let them wash up on the beaches. That's not fair though, man. As in like within human nature to just let's see someone die because you don't want them in your country. You're going to watch kids and women die on your coast. You got Germany because they would bring a few people. They would let in a few bodies, mm. weren't they? Mm. But then you look at what happens after that. People start becoming Nazis again. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's, that and, so and that's what started World War II. That's what Hitler used. He was like, immigration is the problem. So come and join me. I'll sort it all out. That's, that's how the Nazi party got started. That's what they used, was that, was immigration, basically. And, and, and they're using it again today. And they use it again today. It's, it's no different. It's, exact, it's, it's just a fucking different brand name. It's mm. the exact same motivation. It's still extreme acts of fear and segregation and alienation and hate. It doesn't change. I don't I really get it. Um, I don't know why they need to exercise that. I don't know what kind of power they're looking for. I don't understand why anybody would want to be like a support, like a, some kind of supremacist group. With just fear. In my mind, it's just. I don't think he's fear though. It's insecurity, man. Of course. Because what are you scared of? Like you see people living in harmony day in day out. What exactly are you scared of? This one person. What are you scared of? It's not. It's something like I don't know if it's, they want to keep people at loggerheads. Like I don't know if it's like in there. In their interest to keep people at some kind of di division to distract from what's allegedly going on in the leadership of the world and countries and places, so we're just not really paying attention to the fuckery that they're doing right under our noses. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. what really are you scared of? Like, why are you scared of our next man because he's a different color? I don't I'm, like. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It can't fathom in my head. It makes no sense. It plays on that like tribal nature. And it's the fact that it's tribal shows you how just out of date it is. Because yeah. we've been doing this social experiment for thousands of years. Like we're not tribesmen anymore. Mm. But that's in our DNA. Of course it is. It's what we came from. It's something that we all have in common. And it's something that, like you said, the higher ups can use and tap into to manipulate. But it's not like, like you said, like we have access to fucking infinite resource and infinite knowledge with the internet. Anyone can be absolutely anything. It's not like we're defined by strictly genetics anymore. Like we have almost freedom, essentially. They prey on that idea that someone will come who's different to you and they will be better than you and they will take your job, which means they'll take your money, which means they'll take your comfort and your safety and your security and eventually take your life. It's like, what? In what fucking world? Certainly not in this world, because we civilization. <laughs> Where no, there's no, no one. There's no such. See, like, that's a joke. Even the way we drink in parties, there's nothing civil about us. Like even like if if I take it away from 
you know, people that live at a high echelon than us. There's no, there's nothing civil about us. Well, there is in the sense that I mean, we don't, we don't disagree, and then we don't kill each yeah, other. Yeah. Apart from that, <laughs> apart from not like being a, like being complete like savages, and we shit in toilets and yeah. flush it, <laughs> and it disappears, and we don't worry about <laughs> it. Apart from that, like. Yeah, we're not civil features, man. But that's besides the point, really. Like, as you said, like, we should be able to, but it's just never going to happen. And that's, and, and that's London for me, is that it just becomes a playground for the elite. Yeah, it is. That's what it's coming towards now. Like, that's where it's going towards now. It's losing all its passion, its feel, its rough edges. They put out these name, these fucking heartless fucking shit buildings up. That are freezing. They're not made out of fucking solid bricks and mortar. This country is made hard-working bricks and mortar. You know these fucking makeshift container flats that they're fucking importing from China. It's just shocking. And um, there's just no love on the streets no more. The kids can feel it more than they feel it. I can feel it. And everyone's just fighting for things that they don't know. Don't really understand it. We could just chill and be nice to that geezer. It's always easier when you're nice. To maintain a scowl and an angry energy would exhaust you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's easier to just be just chill. Smoke some weed and say, what's happening, mate? <laughs> Yo, what are you up to? Like, pick up a guitar, listen to guitar, daughters. Listen, listen, listen to daughter and just chill, bro. Like, like I don't know, man. I like it just doesn't make sense in my head anymore. Mm. Because I've done that, the full circle, I've had that thing where uh, I've had the hate stored up in my chest, you know, burning, burning, you know, like, and want to fucking go out and hit someone with a brick. But now I just want to chill, man, and just fucking talk to a geezer, talk to a bird, see what's happening, if we can do something together. I think harmonious, harmony, harmony is beautiful. Yeah. Harmony, like, even in singing, literally, is like... That guy's doing that, that bird or that kid is doing that, and they bring it together, and together it makes like an awesome, you know, unfiltered sound. Like mm. harmonies, like two differences coming together, like it works. The, the word harmony even sounds good. <laughs> like, you know, makes you feel like that it works. But it's interesting having this conversation, you feeling like what you do is an art. But really and truly, all art has ever been is a way for us to act harmoniously if art isn't harmonious if music isn't harmonious yeah music is harmonious uh is art harmonious for me it's an example of how to behave harmoniously in accordance with nature and the rest of the world and yourself there you go actually that's a perfect example <laughs> art is an example of how to act of how to be in harmony with yourself and it resonates from you and you put out these songs which are so you. They yeah. couldn't be anybody else's songs. Yeah. But because they're in harmony with yourself, suddenly you get to travel. Suddenly you don't have to play by the rules. You can be the lawless cowboy that you are, yeah. that you are innately in your DNA, yeah. in the structure of your being. You can be that just from being in harmony with yourself. Yeah, but they try to shut that. They want to shut that back. <laughs> yeah. They don't want geezers like me flapping about. They haven't got a choice. Yeah, that's that... the whole. That's the whole beauty about art and about harmony is that it's un it's unstoppable. It is. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I hear that. So, so and again, for you to be 
a father of a generation, essentially. Fucking hell. Pressure, well, that's it? well, it's not because that's that's what that's what we're all doing. It's what anyone who fucking makes good art, makes good stuff, and leads a good life is doing. They're raising the the, the people around true, them. True, They're raising true. anyone who comes in contact with them. True, and true. again, art as a definition, art is just a way to raise people, a way to raise yourself. Like in these songs, you're not lying to yourself anymore. Yeah, no. You're raising yourself up to higher ground and you're doing it on a record for people to see with no shame, with no fear, with pride and forgiveness and compassion, which is, again, a, a perfect example to set for people. Again, this is like, as I told you, about three weeks ago, I've only told myself I was doing all right. So, like, <laughs> even all that, like, it just goes like, whoa, okay, maybe I'm doing something a bit better than I thought. But it's nice. To finally not be known for fucking arrogant shit or like nice clothes or being a prick, you know. Uh, it's nice. It's a, oh, it's a new feeling that I want to get used to and not think, oh. Because you can also get addicted to like, I was talking to Ash about this the other day about self-destructing yourself and feeling like this is where I have to be. I don't deserve to be happy. I uh, have to drink 10 pints tonight because that's just, that is, and you know you're going to feel shit tomorrow but that's what we do you know we're in a shit place hack we've got to do this I'm just starting to feel like no we ain't got to do that no more people become like addicted to that kind of lifestyle coping mechanisms coping mechanisms you know but they're not they're not like the brain is like, it's a wonderful wonderful experience you know being in sync and actually in control of yourself and what you do and how you feel it's amazing. If, as I said, it makes you want it make you want to skip down the road. You know what I mean? But like, I feel right. I ain't had a spliff. I ain't had a drink. But yeah, I feel right. Better cut the bananas. Fucking hell. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I've had, all I've eaten today is fucking a handful of prunes. That's yeah, all I've had. Yeah, yeah, and a glass of water. Yeah, yeah. So I know exactly where you're coming from. Actually, I had a coffee. I went like, <laughs> I know I've got a zoot rolled in the bag, ready, <laughs> ready to go. So I'm not an angel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I was thinking about a spliff about five minutes ago. And I feel, when I get back from the gym, I'm going to have a spliff or what? <laughs> definitely, definitely. You know? I find, so I do sometimes feel a little bit of, it might be shame. I love mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> I love acid. Yeah, yeah. I love weed. Yeah. And I don't do anything else. Yeah, wicked. Never drank in my life. Really? Never. Never touched a drop of alcohol in my Fuck. life. Never had a cigarette. None of that. Just jumped straight into psychedelics. <laughs> and um, I do feel a little bit sometimes like... Do you put fag in your spliff? Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. I'm not made of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Course, <laughs> One day. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. I feel there's a little bit of dissonance with me where I'm... I, I don't know whether it's... I, I don't know what it is, to be honest, but there's like this purist mentality in me was like, well, I don't, I know I don't need that stuff. I know I don't need the stimulants. But then part of me is also like, but how else am I going to find new ways to look at stuff? Mm -mm, I hear that. I'm, so I'm, a, I'm in a place at the moment where I'm wrestling that of like, these things are here for a reason. Do you know what I mean? There is a certain level of mundanity that comes with consciousness, yeah. that comes with awareness. Even though everything is fucking mental... There's something in our brains, like Aldous Huxley would say, there's a valve where you have to suppress how mental 
things are just to survive. Yeah. So otherwise you'd just be like this. Yeah, like yeah. you are when you're on psychedelics or when yeah, you're too yeah. high or when you're too fucked. So it's... it's I, I side with Huxley a little bit of these things. Weed, psychedelics, help me ease off the valve a little bit yeah, and yeah, let yeah. some of the magic back in. I hear that. But then you have to... Then on the other side of the coin, you got the monks them that are completely at, like... What's that word? So when it's just like... In life, they can sit there for hours upon hours and just and be and and feel like a sense of enlightenment all the time. How the fuck do they do that? These these geezers in World War Two, in like well, form of like um, demonstration, were self setting themselves on fire. Yeah. How? How? Yeah. How? That's like crazy. And just sitting and there. And just sitting And there. just staring at you while they're on fire. Come on, man. That, that shit must be like... Where they are in their head must be unbelievable, though, at the same time. Yeah. And that's like no drugs or nothing. That's the, you know what I'm saying? That's the thing about that is... is that's, that's a form of self-mutilation, not the fire. But the reducing yourself to nothing more than just this... There's a certain level of inaction that you have to do. You have to be doing fucking nothing. You have to break yourself down to the point of nothing where you can achieve that, which I don't necessarily think is that productive. It's not that celebratory. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get to, you get to witness the awe of existence, but what do you do with it? You just stare at it. I want to dance with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I want to... I want to I wanna do the same. I, I, want the, I want the highs and the lows. But what I appreciate about them, yeah, is like that time that time where I'm thinking the, the weirdest things too much and I'm fucking... Blah, 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 and it's just too much when I'm smoking a spliff and I'm fucking... I'm with someone that I like. I'm with a bird, but like I'm thinking about some crazy... Sh and I just want to shut up. I would love to be able to tell my mind, shush. yeah. And they, them boys obviously can. Like I would. That is just one skill I want to be able to do. Shut the fuck up now. Discipline. Yeah, and just go. That's what. That is the only thing. That's what I envy about them boys. Mm. I would love that. I would love to be able to just quell all those cloud thoughts just going in. Because I read something that like, they say thoughts are like clouds. Let them pass. And you try letting them pass. You try to let them pass. And then you realise you live in England and it's fucking raining yeah! 364 yes! days out of the year. Yes, bro. <laughs> and you can't let that cloud... It doesn't want to pass, bro. Like, it don't want to pass. It's chilling. He's looking at me. Oh, no, I'm chilling here for a bit, big man. We've got to think of... We've got to deliberate. No, bruv. I don't want to deliberate. I want you to leave me alone. I want to fucking snog this bird. You know? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck. Like, and I, oh, man. And I'm just like, oh, stop, please, man. Stop, stop this. <laughs> oh, yeah, they fought my head, man. My head, oh, it's the zoo in there. <laughs> yeah. When you get rid of the lows, do you get rid of the highs too? Bro, I think they're on, like, some new shit. I think they're doing, what's they called it? Astral projecting and Astral shit. Astral projection, yeah. I think yeah. they're just, like, here, but they're over there. <laughs> like, they're in, they know, they're just chilling. I reckon, I believe in the astral projection shit. I reckon we can get there. Because I feel I'm a man like this. I've been in situations where I know I've upset someone. Always women. But because they're a bit more empathetic anyway, so they're projecting like some shit. And I'll be like, oh. I'll be like, what's wrong? And I'll be like, she's upset. And he goes, and he goes, and he goes, 
I was like, so-and-so. You're saying she's sending you the vibes? Yeah, 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 I can feel it. She's visiting you and... I promise you, and I'll, and I'll be like, and I've done it, not even done it, I've rang her, I've said, stop feeling like that, please. I was in New York, working in New York once, and I had this dream about this girl I was seeing at the time. And, well, there's two, there's two, two parts of this, actually. One was, it was just her face, and she was just, it was just a dream of her face, and she was just bawling her eyes out. And I, like, sat up, and I looked at my phone, and it, you know when you get a text and it's lit up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that, but there was no, it was on silent. And I looked at it, and it was like, you're a cunt. Yeah, of course, like, I can't yeah. believe you've done this to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, that. It's not a fluke, man. It's not a fluke, but it's then the, the, the other one, which is the wildest, I was seeing this girl, and it was, and I, I was in it. Like I was, I was a servant to whatever that energy was. I was like, I'll go wherever that needs to go. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm actually in New York again, but like a year before, and I'm in bed and I'm dreaming and I'm at a gig of hers. She was a singer. She is a singer, and I'm in the crowd and stuff. And it finishes and she and I go over to like say hello and she walks straight through me, and I'm oh. like, what the fuck? What? I feel like I'm like I'm a ghost, but then everyone's like, "Yo, Kane, what's going on?" So I'm like, "Oh no, I'm only a ghost to her." And then I and I'm like, "This is the worst feeling I've ever felt in my life." And I wake up again, and I go about my day. I go to work, and then I come back, and then I get a text message: "Are you still in New York?" Yeah, why? Oh, I'm gonna be there in a couple of hours. Like I've just got flown over. She's like, "Funny shit." And then that night, I went to a gig of hers. We get we go to a bar afterwards, and she's like, "Oh, I need to tell you something." Like, I've been seeing somebody else. Oof. And I'm like, I'm like, that's fine. Because I've already had the dream. I've already processed it. I've already, I've already gone through what I need to go through. This isn't a shock to me. I knew, like, and that was, the wildest thing about that was, is that love, whatever the fuck that is, that power, that energy, gave me this power to know what was coming. Gave me this, like, intuitive sense mm -hmm. of where mm -hmm. I could predict and prepare myself for something that was going to happen in a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was like, like you said, the astral projection. I don't, I don't know what to call it. I don't know what it is, but it's like... Did you, would you believe in... Would you believe in... In, in what sense? Would you believe in, like, in life, in existence? Like, as if, like, would you... Is this a God question? Kind of, but not. But take it how you want to take it. I believe, basically, my process of like finding myself again that I have to do almost every day, I yeah. feel like, is I reverse time. I, oh. I, <laughs> I reverse time in my mind and I grow down into a baby and then I go smaller, then I go back into my mum and then I, and then my mum goes and everything goes backwards and everything just goes back to wherever the fuck it came from and everything starts like going from this really separate world that we live in and oil all boils down back to this single point and whatever that is where everything came from that's what i believe in and that's what i like draw my power from or my energy from essentially and i think that's what god is whatever yeah. these, these arguments that we have about i hear it. that but then how did it all begin then so you say you keep going you're going back you're going back in time what made it start what made yeah, time yeah, start yeah, see that's the thing i get hung up on because this is the part where love and fear comes back into it because if you boil all this material stuff back to its origins the only thing that's left once you get rid of that is awareness consciousness because mm. there's no way to 
not have that. It's all it's present in absolutely everything that lives. Space, yeah, and space. Of course, it is. Space is expanding. You you can't grow and expand without some kind is of awareness fact? of so space. That, they say that, but is it expand? How do you know? Yeah, it's... space expands quicker than we can perceive it expanding, which is why we can never see the edge of space. It's 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 entropy. It's the second law of thermodynamics, basically, that everything goes like this forever until, well, for, for, for until the end of time, basically. Oof. So, yeah, it grows, at, too much, it grows at a speed quicker than we can see. How do they know that, though? I don't know. I don't actually know how they exactly know that. Exactly that. This is what... This is, this is, this is, do you believe in aliens? Uh, we are alien, but, but, yeah, I believe in other forms of life. Yeah, definitely, yeah. But for me, the, this what, what we're talking about now is awareness and intention. Everything is in this one space, yeah? Before the Big Bang, a singularity. Everything and nothing all at the same time. Yin and yang, all in that one space. And like you said, you're right. Something kicks it out. Something goes... And then time, space, all of that stuff happens. Why? is the big question. And it's, the, it's a place, a, a, a dead end I found myself at millions of times and fucking lost my mind about. I used to, I used to, I used to be so... As a kid, every day, I used to have the same dream. I used to die. I used to circle and, and go to hell. And I used to go round and down in this fire inferno and see all kinds of weird people. And I would just non-stop spinning, spinning, spinning. I'd have the same nightmare every night. So, so I was always scared of death and uh, for time. And it was weird because my mum, I'm not religious, but my mum was. And your dad. Yeah, and my dad. Both of them are religious. And, um, but uh, my mum got the house blessed by a preacher. I remember. I was too scared to look at him. I didn't even look at him. I was in the bedroom and whatever. I remember, and then the, 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 the dream stopped. And that just freaked me out. Even It really did. They did stop. And, uh, your mum got the house blessed because of your nightmares. Yeah. Mm. And uh, well, I mean, that might just be him. You know, it's like a subconscious pl placebo. Yeah. Someone comes in and makes everything okay, and suddenly your fears yeah, go it's away. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? It is. But yeah, but I was. But from there, it used to make me feel. I was so scared of death. Now, it took me about like a year, one day, to just tell myself, like, when you die, it's die. Like, you're not here no more. You're just, you're just not existing no more. And you're all right. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And he's like, honestly, yeah, you just, just gonna just chill, bro. It's not even that bad. And it, like, it took me like, yeah, ages to get over that thing of like dying and what it's all about. Because I can't, I'm a logical person and I can't believe that there's this fucking jovial place where there's trumpets playing and fucking angels flying, half naked angels. Well, if it was flying, gonna be anywhere, it'd be here. It'll be here, innit? Like, it's here. Like, that's already getting on. Yeah, right. Just go to Hugh Hefner's. So, um, that, that, I, we can get Sam Warner. He can come in with yeah. the trumpets. Oh, you know, so Sam I, Warner, yeah, he played yeah. trumpets on one of my songs oh, as well. But for me, the, the, the why of it all is what separates us as human beings, is what creates divisions in humans. Because if everything was perfect, as, as most religions believe, and then for whatever reason it was all kicked off out into space, there's only two ways you can perceive God's intention. One is that he hated his own... He, yeah, just for the, for, the, for the sake of this argument. 
He hated his own isolation so much that he had to create something else just to not be lonely anymore, which breeds resentment in me personally. But then I can reconcile it and be like, well, if it was the other way around, I've been isolated before. I know how much I need other people. But then also, there is intention behind it. And, and yeah, this God, this idea of, of a man is, is, is archaic and bullshit. But whatever its intention was, it was either because isolation and loneliness is unbearable or because life is so beautiful that it needs to be shared. So where was he living his life then? Nowhere, that's the whole point. There was no, there was nothing, but there was everything at the same time. Yeah, I hear that. I f try and close my nut, close my eyes and be like, I just can't, I don't, yeah, I just don't know. It's just weird, the whole, it's just, yeah, life, plants, fucking water, sun, dirt. It's just, I don't know, it's just too perfect at the mm. same time. See, like, the whole being and the, like, plants, fucking stigmas, tomatoes, shooting seeds around, all around the gaff. Like, this fucking phone don't stop. It's fucking, it's a liberty. Uh... Yeah, it's fucking, uh, it's madness, though. Like, it's so perfect. It's so perfect, like, sex. And, like, it's perfect. How can it, like, it makes you think, how can this be an accident? How? Yeah. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's too well-designed. The thing, the, the fact that it's all perfect, it's not really about a designer for me because I do think that all of this is, is chaotic in some sense. But the, the energy that we all, everything possesses, that that drives life forward and out into the cosmos from nothing, from absolutely nothing, but also everything at the same time, to fucking planets, moons, black holes, suns, all of this stuff, and each bit of it as miraculous as the next, and each bit of it as determined as the next. Mm. Everything's, everything's here, mm. everything's now, everything wants to stay here and will stay here. And I think that death, what death? I, I, no, I, I, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. I've lost people. So where do they go then? So where does it go? So where does it, does it just go back into the thing? The, the vacuum? Like, let it, let it spit it back out again? How do you know? How do you see that person again? I want to see Tom again. Like, how do I see him again? He's he's in everything. Yeah, That's, I hear that. that I, but I know the 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 all the experiences that make that mold that thing into Tom, that mold that energy into Tom. It it can't be replaced, and that's the beauty of and it's, the and the detriment and the detriment. Yeah, for sure. That's what makes people recoil in terror. That's what makes people afraid. But there's never been nothing. But then there always has been nothing. Where? At the start. The opposite of the yin is the yang. But what happened to the nothing? It's, it's now full. It's in the process of becoming full, I would say. So for me, whenever there has been nothing, there has been some sort of force that needed to turn it into something. Which means that the process of life is unending. We're here. This is it. Forever. Forever. Yeah, I know. That's just a bit pointless. 
but it's not pointless because it's perfect. It's a bit pointless though, Kane. I can't. I, it's a bit pointless. It's like it is a bit pointless. I can't. I don't even want to be that negative Ned. You know what I mean? But like, sometimes I get to a point like, like I don't fucking. It's not going to stop me from doing my good little bit. I want to do my good bit. You know, I just yeah. I, my thing is like. Yeah, it's a bit hypocritical when I say that we matter as like even though we're at the bottom of the food chain that we matter but at the same time matter to what detriment because well obviously uh, for what like fucking 80 years if we're lucky and then what about the, then that's it kind of like, it's just like a bit just a bit like it's a bit sad I'd love to come back again a new no, no, that I did. I just did a eighty stint there. So in a hundred years, I was in limbo. Yeah, so I, you know, locking back with other limbers. You know, limbers. You know, limbers. You know, bouncing off them and then come back again. Bosh, straight in. Yeah, straight pick up in. where you left off. So, oh, oh yeah, I remember that. I was, you know, I'm gonna crack on and do that. It's but like, I don't know. I don't know if that that bit. That's the bit where I be, uh, get a bit bewildered. Mm. I don't like to think about that a lot. It's it's. I think I'm putting so much work, so much mental work in my nut as well, like to try and better myself and do this and do that. And then you just pop off. Then they'll remember you for about 100 years. And then that's it. There is an eternity, I believe. I believe it's here and now. Not in these forms that we can understand. Yeah. But in a bigger, wider concept. Do you think we kind of figure it out when we die a bit more? It depends how you lived your life. If you dedicate your life to trying to understand that, I believe at the end you'll get an answer. If you get, if you spend the, your whole life trying to run from it, then you'll get exactly what you worked hard for. The difference, um, f the, the best example for me is the difference in the way Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud died. They're both the people who invented psychoanalysis, psychology. Everything that we know about psychology is from those two guys, essentially, and a bunch of other people they worked with, but those are the front runners. Sigmund Freud believed in no magic. He believed we're all beasts, slave to our sexuality, uh, with no free will, nothing but just animal Animals, desire. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's nothing sacred about you. There's nothing sacred about me. There's nothing we can connect on apart from fucking survival meat and, and whatever and Carl Jung was an artist he painted and kept it all and was like don't show anyone till 50 years after I've died and they brought out the red book with all of his illustrations all of his dreams and he believed in the subconscious he went and studied alchemy in fucking China for 20 years in the last 20 years of his life he went around the world and was cast out of the psychology institution by Freud because he he proposed the idea that actually there's something bubbling underneath the surface in every single one of us that makes us mm. common and that's what we need to ground our psychology in Sigmund Freud died of a tumour in the throat Carl Jung died with, on his back with his eyes wide open going, the wonder, the wonder, the wonder. So for me, I don't need to look any further. I don't need to look any further than that. These two people dedicated their lives to uh, understanding. The wonder. He was going into the wonder. He was like, I'm about to go on to the next stage. The wonder. Jeez, yeah, I wrote that. That's wicked. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's, again... I want to die like that. Exactly. 
And this is something that I realized this Ooh. week about art. Art is how we make death appear beautiful. That's, that's the purpose. That's the intention. To be able to exchange something with somebody that leaves them feeling like they are confident in their ability to confront death. For me, that's the most rewarding thing. To be able to look at someone and go, but you fucking got this. Death's just the next step for you. It's just the next adventure for you. That's... Yeah, that's lovely. I'd like to leave with that. Well, then let's wrap it up there. Brother, thank you so much. Thank you. This has honestly been like a beautiful conversation for me. I've really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. We'll do another one. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We will. Let's get Ali involved as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think Al. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Me and Ali can talk up a lot of shit, you know. Well, I believe from back it. In the day. I believe it. Yeah, man. All right, mate. Thank you, brother. Easy. Yeah, lovely. Enjoyed that. <laughs>